everybody, and welcome to another PTSM Network Classic as we roll along through the WWE Network uh, doing watch-alongs for some of the classic programming. And there is some uh, classic programming which we're going to be watching today. Uh, we're going to go back into the vaults of uh, the uh, uh, of Titan Towers, I guess, because that's what it was known back then, uh, Titan Television. And uh, we're going to uh, have another episode of Tuesday Night Titans. Now, if you remember, uh, this was a weekly program. And, uh, you know, it was uh, to promote the talent. That's what the whole uh, focus of it was. And it was supposed to be kind of a, a uh, I don't know, talk show slash, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. It was like a Johnny Carson kind of thing going on. And then... If you ever saw Fernwood Tonight, which was like this spoof on uh, a local talk show, this was kind of like all in the mix. So it uh, was, as I continue to say, it was uh, it was so bad it was good, and it was fun to watch uh, the development of Vince McMahon as a talent because um, you know prior to the uh, WWF really taking off, Vince was pretty much doing, you know, some commentary and, you know, play-by-play, play, and he would do ringside interviews. And with the uh, explosion of the uh, WWF and uh, the opportunities they had to promote their talent on television, uh, you know, they're able to stretch their, their talents here. And uh, you see Vince uh, behind the mic and behind the desk for this, this uh, so-called talk show. And uh, it was, you know, an opportunity for them to bring the talent on and then put them in different situations. Uh, it was supposed to be comedy. Uh, most of it was pretty fall, uh, short of that. But uh, at the same time, it was kind of like, you know, you'd laugh anyway because it was uh, mostly uh, bad humor, which uh, Vince loves, I'm sure, to this day. And, uh, you know, toilet humor and that kind of stuff. And, and, and him, uh, you know, uh, being able to, dressed down people around him as he uh, often did with Alfred. He was kind of his foil. Uh, Alfred kind of played that Ed McMahon part. But they would bring on, you know, different talent and uh, continue storylines on. It was it was fun. Uh, I, I love watching the old graphics as this thing starts out with. I mean, really basic stuff. It looks like, you know, like Pac-Man uh, graphics, you know, with a big uh, TNT comes floating out. And this was state of the art back then, folks. Uh, this is was this was right on the edge because you know Vince uh, uh, spared no expense when it came to uh, you know uh, putting money out there to to uh, promote his talent and uh, his the quality of his television production, and it would certainly grow into uh, something gigantic. But at the at the time, you're you're seeing the beginnings of all this, and uh, they were building a, a huge facility. Uh, or had, maybe they hadn't even broken ground at this point, but there were plans to build this huge television production facility, which they did. And to this day, it's known as 120 Hamilton Avenue. But uh, they've, uh, you know, and they're still in Stanford, but they've taken over a lot more property in that uh, that place. So, but then, you know, that that's what that was what the plan was. But all these productions were done in Baltimore and, uh, uh, you know, the studios they did there. And, and as you'll see, they really they went all out to do uh, you know these different uh, themes that they would have and of course this one we're going to watch is from uh, February twenty second nineteen eighty five uh, Tuesday Night Titans and of course your hosts Vince McMahon and uh, his co-host his sidekick Lord Alfred Hayes his lordship 
And uh, this one is uh, featuring Hillbilly Jim. Now, remember, in 1985, they had uh, launched this great big push for Hillbilly Jim. Uh, he was uh, teaming up with Hulk Hogan. And if you remember how they brought him into the fold of this, he starts out uh, you know, appearing at different uh, TV tapings in the crowd. And he's just this rabid fan. And, uh, you know, he can't stand when all this wrongdoing going goings on. And he you can see him. He's very, very, uh, you know, active at these events. And he's getting closer and closer and getting into the action. And finally, he can't take it anymore. And he steps into the ring. And, of course, ends up befriending Hulk Hogan, who takes him under uh, those big uh, 24-inch pythons and is going to make him a big wrestler in the WWF. And all was going very, very well until uh, Hillbilly Jim had an accident at ringside where he tore his knee up really badly and would be out for months and months and months. And although he did end up finding, you know, great success with the World Wrestling Federation, it... uh, we can only wonder uh, how big uh, he might have gotten if if uh, that hadn't happened and sidelined him and they kind of went on with different storylines. They tried to keep it going by bringing on uh, Uncle Elmer and all the supporting cast of Hillbillies, but mm, it just it just never never really happened. And, uh, you know, there's nothing that uh, you could really do about it. It wasn't a mistake of, uh, of Jim's. I mean, it just uh, fate took that nasty twist and, uh, you know, it just uh, just didn't happen. So, uh, but in this uh, point in his career, they are really uh, giving him a, a huge push, and they've actually devoted uh, the entire show, this whole TNT episode, uh, to Hillbilly Jim and his his family. I guess you'd call it <laughs> collection. Uh, he's got Granny Kim, who's uh, you know all part of this. And uh, the whole episode is, you know, the set is just, uh, it's all barnyard. It's all hillbilly. Uh, They've got all the animals there, too. You've got a goat, and they've got pigs and bloodhounds, and uh, you've got Granny and all this. She's actually plucking a chicken. I think it's a real chicken. Sure looks like a real chicken. And I guess you could do that kind of thing back then. I don't know. I mean, it was chickens. I mean, I... I, I, (laughs) She, so she's got the chicken in the bucket, and maybe it's uh, maybe it's rubber one. I don't know, but it looks pretty real to me. And uh, it, it's it's Vince and and Alfred, uh, you know, coming to see exactly how uh, the hillbillies live in in uh, hillbilly Jim's environment, and that uh, kind of goes from there. So they they uh, keep things going here, and uh, of course during this point, uh, hillbilly Jim is is very much in, uh, you know, uh, being tutored by Hulk Hogan, and he's uh, training with him. And so, of course, we're going to get to see part of that uh, training session between Hulk Hogan and uh, Hillbilly Jim as, uh, you know, he takes him to the gym and he works with him. You're going to see him as he's trying to, you know, get get him to do these different moves. And, of course, Hillbilly Jim, you know, he's just he's just a raw uh, country boy. And uh, Hulk's trying trying to trying to get some finesse out of him because Hillbilly Jim, he's just used to, you know, if I got a tire's got a flat at the, on my truck, I just pick it up, you know, and uh, that's how I, if I get into a scrap, that's what I do. And so you're going to, you're going to see this uh, training session as uh, Hulk Hogan tries to work with Hillbilly Jim. And that includes uh, a pretty disgusting uh, scene of uh, them doing their uh, training table with uh, 
uh, Hulk Hogan's smoothies and uh, well, we'll see. Of course, it's always got to have something disgusting. Vince, Vince loved that and you're going to be able to uh, see what happens there. And then, of course, a lot going on at the barn with uh, with with Granny, and and uh, they couldn't resist trying to get uh, uh, his lordship to milk a goat. Uh, I figured they would have had a cow; that might have been a little bit easier. But of course, the guffaws come along with it as they, uh, of course, humiliate uh, his lordship, and uh, he, of course, is uh, is game and plays along. Uh, Jim the Anvil Nightheart is also in this, and. Uh, <laughs> Just oh man, this is you talk about cringe worthy television. This is this is it, uh, with Mister Fuji as his manager, and uh, there's just a weird weird scene where he has Mister Fuji tells Nightheart to take his shirt off, and I I don't know. It's you'll 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 see what I'm talking about uh, because he's he's got something in mind that you'll see. Also in this episode. Uh, you're going to see the U.S. Express, which, if you'll remember, uh, Vince uh, pairing up uh, Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo together and calling them the U.S. Express, which, of course, was a ripoff or a you know uh, uh, an opportunity for them to you know put their own take on the Rock and Roll Express, of course, uh, which were made up of Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson who were, you know, these uh, handsome, uh, you know, the women just loved them. And they do a whole spoof here on that, uh, about the, you know, women being crazy about the U.S. Express, which is just, oh, it's awful. I mean, it's just, just terrible. I don't know where they found the women that uh, were going, were a part of this, but uh, this isn't something you pull out the VHS and show the grandkids, not at all. But uh, it's... It's, I, you know, sometimes I think that they they knew it was going to be bad. They wanted it to be bad. Uh, I I hope to God that that was the case because there you had to, they just had to, I just could imagine people at the side of the stage there just you know their head in their hands just shaking their heads going my God are we really doing this so uh, you'll you'll see that when it comes up and. <laughs> like, Oh, my God. But that's coming, okay? Uh, of course, we get back to dinner with Hillbilly Jim and, and Granny. Uh, of course, you know, it's got to have stuff on the table that's not really edible, you know. And uh, so we've got to have that. But it's, you know, something that they, uh, it, to them, it's it's uh, it's gourmet. Um, and uh, we'll see some moonshine in there that, of course, uh, Lord Alfred Hayes is asked to drink. And you'll see his reaction to that. So, you know, just all around, just a, a fun, fun-filled episode of, of just bad television. And uh, that's why it makes it so much fun to watch. So I'm so glad you're going to be watching along with me. Uh, the other end of this, i got lots to tell you about, but let's, uh, let's get to it. Let's, uh, let's start watching this. Okay, you remember how this works. You just go to the WWE Network, uh, go to uh, click on In Ring. And then you're going to scroll down to WWE Classic Series and uh, shuffle over there to the right until you see TNT. Click on that. And uh, honestly, I had a tough time uh, tracking this one down because they don't put dates on the on the episodes on the page. You have to just kind of you know search through there. 
this one, as I uh, said before, is uh, from uh, February 22nd, 1985. And the title of it is Hillbilly Jim's Granny Shows Off Mudlick Love. <laughs> Came up with that. Hillbilly Jim's Granny Shows Off Mudlick Love. So uh, maybe you could find it there on the title, but uh, I just kept searching through and finally narrowed it down. But anyway, so we'll give you a, a little chance here to find it. And so I'm going to pause. And then when we come back, we'll roll this classic episode of Tuesday Night Titans. Okay, ready? I'm going to pause. All righty. Are you ready to go? You should be. I hope you didn't have too much trouble finding this one. But uh, believe me, it's well worth it. It is well worth it. They did some bad episodes, but boy, this one's got to be top five. (laughs) All right, you ready to do this? Uh, Let's get to it, okay? So uh, you know what we do. Uh, Here we go. I'm going to count down, three, two, one, and then play, and then we go. All right, ready? Here we go. Three, two, one, play. There we go. You heard the music. Which I have been corrected. They had to uh, replace and put in there because they used something that they weren't supposed to. It was licensed. So when Alfred starts yakking here, you can barely hear him because I think what they did was they, you know, they wanted to keep the audio of Alfred in there, but he's got music mixed in with his voice, so he's very low on this on this mix-up. And there's those fine uh, those graphics I love to tell you about. Yeah, hear it? Your host Vince McMahon. Oh, brought to you by 501 Levi's. I loved I loved listening to Alfred when he would do the ads. Uh, paid for by the following. A lot of people love to uh, put that line out there all the time because that was kind of his, his catch phrase for all of the sponsorships. But you hear Alfred on here barely as he introduces the show. And here we go. Did you see there that uh, you, had, you had Alfred hands uh, Vince the microphone like he just did the intro? <laughs> As uh, Vince says, oh, this must be one of your ancestors, Alfred. Gee, who didn't see that coming? Alfred says, you know, yeah, well, I have been called a goat before. Uh, interesting combo on the, on the tux there, Alfred, and especially when you're going to the, uh, the barnyard. And here we go. You got Hillbilly Jim with the overalls and the guitar. And Vince with those classic suits. And those weren't wireless mics then. So, you know, Vince has got this. I wonder how long that extension is. And Vince is kind of pulling it in. And we're getting all the introductions here. As Vince, of course, shakes the hand of Granny, who's been plucking them feathers off that that chicken. And uh, Alfred opts, opts for the kiss instead of having to shake his hands and get his hands dirty. Now, look, is that a fake chicken? I mean, I don't know about that. I guess you could do that back then. I mean, people could go to a, a market and buy a, a, a whole chicken, right, that uh, needed to be plucked. And uh, this is all part of the family. Now, that's Jack the Burrow. We introduced the, uh, introduced the dogs I think next up we got the pigs coming. But look at that set. 
Look at the set there. They've got it all decked out. And that was uh, Nelson Swegler's uh, job at the time to uh, make sure they got everything they needed to uh, have uh, whatever whatever the theme was. And this week we're talking Hillbilly Barnyard. And, uh, you know, Granny's gone and explained that's what made uh, her boys so strong. Well, Alfred's uh, revealing he's never seen a chicken plucked before. I don't think Vince has either, but... Uh, <laughs> and, and there he's got the, the Barnum suit on. This is when he would do the two-tone stuff. This is before the suits all became uh, the same material. The, it was a real suit. The The jacket matched the pants, uh, the three-piece suits, but he would like... This This was the two-tone phase where the the pants would be completely different, and it was more of the jacket and vest combo, the vest combo going there. All right, and of course, all of your uh, barnyard animals have to have names, of course. That was Bruce the pig. And who who wants to blame money that uh, Alfred is going to pick that pig up? Yeah, that's what uh, Vince Vince is going to want him to do. I have a feeling. There he goes. Uh, And he gets, yeah, there we go. There we go. Uh, I don't think that they went over the dialogue a whole lot when they did these. It just seems pretty freewheeling, don't you think? Ah, yep. Dishes out the insults like it's nothing, like he turns on the the water tap. (laughs) All right, the pigs get uh, back together again, and you've got the goat out there in the, the foyer. So how much longer can they make this segment last when it's just awkward and nobody really knows where they're going? Okay, well then, when you all else fails, just take a shot of the burrow. Is that real? I I don't know. What what's the money on that on the chicken? That's not in the notes. It doesn't tell you uh, which which uh, <laughs> which is it. Uh, as uh, we continue here, and as, as Vince throws to a training session with uh, Hulk Hogan and Hillbilly Jim. I think we've seen this one before. The Hulkster, uh, you know, in the kitchen here at somebody's apartment in Stanford or, or in Baltimore, it must have been at the time. And uh, not the greatest boom mic in that room because that's, they're blowing everything out here. Hawk gizzards. Oh, he's got his own smoothie. I thought we were going to see Hulk smoothies. Remember, he puts all the eggs in? Well, now it's Hillbilly's turn to turn the table here, literally, on Hulk Hogan. And with them Hawk gizzards. Oh, boy, that's a that's a little much to take, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I'll bet it did. That's it. Yeah, see, he's got his own version of his smoothies. Remember, the Hulk has his uh, smoothies where he puts in the raw eggs. And, uh, yeah, apparently that uh, puts more hair on your chest and on his chin. All right, yep, Hulkster's a champ. All right. 
Here we go. All right, now let's get to it. It's the first time in the gym for Hillbilly, right? Yeah, right. Okay, now comes the... We do the segue here, and then we're going to have the montage throughout as he tries to prepare Hillbilly Jim for the ring. So you got him down there in the bench in the corner and with this incredible effect. Got the squats. It's amazing what he could do in those overalls, right? Just pump it away. That's just, you know, what they used to do. We used to take the car axle, so that isn't too much different. And Hillbilly. Yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's fitting right into that gym for being in there the first time in his whole life, right? Collar and elbow, collar and elbow. That's how you do it. It's just the basics, folks. And, of course, we have to have the patronizing <laughs> banjo music from Deliverance in the background. Oh, he's trying to show him the reverse. See? Oh, take him down that way. He's showing him all these different options he's got. Is that Al Snow? Who is that? Whoa. I'm going to lock it up that elbow. Drop toe hold. Well, let's see if Hillbilly Jim's got what it takes. All right, what are you going to do? Try for the leg? No, that ain't working. Try for the head? No, he said the leg. Well, Hillbilly's not doing so well here because he's green, right? Say, what? how are you going to get out of this one? Well, uh, he didn't need anything fancy, just all that raw strength he's got. Well, the Hulkster, man, he's looking slim and trim there too, right? Well, the Hulkster's got a surprise for him, so we'll just stand right here until that transition. Oh, okay, comes back in. Oh, and he's going to get his first pair of boots. Well, he gets a little present. Let's see what uh, Hillbilly's going to be able to do in those. So he does a big cartwheel. All right, so this was a major push, right? When you're getting the, uh, literally, the hand of the champion on your shoulder. And another memorable uh, little vintage feature there. Yeah, nothing better than that hillbilly diet. Uh, wow, who do you think is going to get stuck milking that goat? Hmm. Yep, uh, let's give everybody a clue. Okay. You know, 
I guess you do. You got to milk them, right? You got to get the, for the cheese and that kind of thing and goat's milk. Yeah, like he knows how to milk a cow. As the, <laughs> the bloodhound is uh, found something off to, smith, uh, to sniff there as uh, <laughs> Fitz puts the guitar because uh, he's not used to having bloodhounds uh, kiss his ass. It's been <laughs> other people. <laughs> As uh, Hillbilly wants to instruct his lordship on how to milk a goat. Man. Well, did I, didn't I tell you? I promised this was going to be good. As Alfred's not even very prepared there and was certainly pointed the wrong way. Mess with the goat, you get the horns. <laughs> and that goat's like, I am not hanging around for this. I don't know what kind of party you guys are throwing. The burrow's up for it, I think. Oh, okay. Well, let's not give up yet. This is one crazy bachelor party. Lordship's got uh, a lot of guts there backing into the goat like that. But that ain't... (laughs) I think his approach was wrong. What do you think? All right, as Vince asks Hillbilly, please get us out of this very, very bad segment. Play us something. Yeah, with more bad TNT right after this. Yeah, okay. Yeah, as it just gets worse and worse, folks. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> He'll be able to play that guitar, though. I've seen him. Yeah, he really he can he can uh, he can strum it good. As uh, we come back here to uh, TNT, and uh, oh, now we're back in the studio. Hmm. Yeah, instead of the barn, right? Got it. Oh, boy. Something must have happened after we left. Yeah. All right. That's enough, Vince. Let's move it along, sir. This is going nowhere. Okay. As we get uh, a series of golf claps. And Jim the Anvil Neidhart is instructed by Mr. Fuji. Uh, it's a little weird. They haven't come out. Uh, what is this? Uh, <laughs> Lose the sweater, Jim. It's going to get a little cozy in here. <laughs> what the hell? Is there, is there, I hope they're going somewhere with this because that is just weird, okay? 
man, I know we're used to seeing wrestlers with their shirts off, but I don't know. I didn't. I never saw that happen on Johnny Carson. Did you? Oops. I think they misspelled his name there. Did you catch that? Yeah. Jim, the Anvil Nightheart boy. That uh, that all didn't work until he got uh, paired up with Brett. I'm sorry. It didn't work for me. But uh, I'd, I'd loved his promos once he was with the, the Hart Foundation and he got to the cackle. Now, how weird. If you just turn this on TV, how... <laughs> okay. Yeah, Jim. Uh, Jim uh, could can could hurl the metal. That's for sure. Yeah, and that professional football background. And at this point, uh, you know he's uh, a new wrestler uh, with the WWF, and uh, of course you could tell they don't know really what to do with him. But uh, you know he's part of that uh, that heart. Uh, integration into the WWF. Of course, you know, uh, that's when uh, Vince had uh, bought Stampede Wrestling. And of course, with that deal came uh, the British Bulldog and Dynamite Kid, as well as Brett the Hitman Hart and Jim the Anvil Nightheart, all uh, part of the family. And so they got a match up here as they're, uh, they put him with Mr. Fuji to show him off. And they got Bruno San Martino on play by play here on commentary with Vince. And, uh, you know, of course, you know this matchup. What this is all about is to put Jim Neidhart over. So, even on the show, they, they did mix in some wrestling, which was nice, right? <laughs> As he continues here. Really a, a, a debut in, as a, on television here with big drop kick. As Vince continues to put him over. And a big burly man, you know. When, who doesn't want to be called burly, right? As Nightheart just... Heaves his opponent over the second rope there. Big and powerful, yeah. You know, you would think at this point, when you probably first saw him, you didn't think that, uh, you know, Jim was going to be this very popular, find great success in the WWF. But, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where, you know, Bret Hart struggled in the WWF. They didn't really know what to do with him. And it wasn't really until they all got paired up until they had uh, Jim and, and Brett uh, team up for the Hart Foundation along with uh, Jimmy, the mouth of the South Hart. So it was, uh, and from that point on, uh, things took off for all of them. And Nightheart working on Rivera, big right there. And uh, Jose Luis Rivera, 
was he? It was in a number of matches. As Neidhart, you know, the guy could work, so uh, you know, you want to help put him over. You got Danny Davis in there as the ref. Interesting hairdo. A big forearm right to the chin of Rivera. Down he goes. Misses with a clothesline. Rivera with a little offense here. Hard into the corner, but Jim's had enough. Puts the boot up. And I think we're close to wrapping this one up. You know, give him a little bit of offense. That was nice. And a big power slam to wrap it up for the three count from Danny Davis. Putting him over his heel. Anytime Mr. Fuji's near you, that's uh, that's where you're going to start. Yeah, that's not how it's spelled. <laughs> And between Fuji's uh, laugh and the cackle, that's a little strange. Uh, I'm a little, I'm still a little thrown off here by the, why he had to take his sweater off. And it's not like uh, he's Lex Luger or anything here. I mean, you can see he's a big, powerful, stocky guy, but what's, what the point of that was, I have... No idea. But, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Hey, this is an uh, old uh, Confucius saying, apparently, by Mr. Fuji. They say he's in the right place. Vince trying to warn Nightheart, but uh, you know, at this point, I mean, he just wants to get put over for crying out loud. Vince, I'll I'll be with anybody out there at ringside. And always uh, Alfred, the voice of reason here, and and uh, and, and credibility. Yeah. You ever notice Alfred used to love to take shots at America? I used to have so much fun with him when we did play-by-play because he would just... And, and there were a lot of things that he just didn't understand about what we did in, in the United States. There were there were things that he just didn't get. He says, you know, those of you Americans like to throw things. It's like... <laughs> All right, please put your sweater back on and thanks for dropping by. And we got more coming up. And the new tag team champs, as I mentioned before, we're going to see the U.S. Express here. And uh, I don't know, I don't know if this was, uh, you know, like legit. Uh, they wanted to, uh, you know, have their own version, like what they did with, uh, you know, the Road Warriors. They wanted demolition. And I don't know if this was kind of a, 
a rip on that or what? But uh, Lou Albano is the one who's... Oh, look. And the ladies just can't keep their hands off them. They, they're supposed to like rip their shirts off. They couldn't even do that right. So they... <laughs> it's like... <laughs> and I was like, you know, leave them alone. That's enough. All right. Wow. Oh, how did they get on the set? I thought this was a secured set. And no screaming, please. Try and control yourselves. So you got uh, the U.S. Express, Barry Windham, and Mike Rotundo. And doesn't, I'm sorry, doesn't uh, Rotundo look a little bit, a uh, little Joaquin Phoenix? Uh, maybe a, 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 a better, sh- and, and <laughs> A stockier Joaquin Phoenix, you'll see. I mean, doesn't he? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But here they are, the U.S. Express, and they did uh, they did manage to rip his shirt, but uh, not the same for Rotundo. As Al- uh, Albano goes on and on, like how just crazy it is that uh, the women just can't keep their hands off them; they just go wild. Yeah. Although uh, Alfred was quite the coxman in his day, uh, as uh, you've probably heard, legend. But he says, "No, I don't get the. I don't have the have the same problems that these two have." And Lou Albano, uh, you know, had turned a babyface since he had uh, become uh, the uh, the spokesperson for multiple sclerosis. So now he was pretty much uh, relegated to having to be a babyface manager. But it didn't matter what side he was on. He was uh, always very good cutting the promos. As a uh, Vince is talking about when they uh, when they won the, the the tag team championship. See now he's all he's on the uh, apology tour here, I guess, <laughs> for all of his nasty deeds. But look at uh, Abato. He didn't he didn't change the wardrobe when he decided to be uh, a, a babyface manager. Wow, Albano says this is his 15th tag team championship. Uh, I don't think that this union land lasted that long. And uh, you know that uh, the Rock and Roll Express did have an appearance in the WWF, although it wasn't uh, very long before they didn't uh, last that long. But I think Vince still liked the idea of having, you know, that was... The whole deal. I don't think that they were as uh, nimble as and, and used as many uh, high flying moves as uh, the Rock and Roll Express did, but you get the idea.
as we're taking a look back at this match. It's kind of interesting that they're using this all handheld. So Barry Windham uh, right there. and uh, Well, look at Adonis here. I think he was putting on a few pounds there, but uh, nowhere big as he was before he became uh, adorable. So they would do this in the show. They would take uh, these these cuts of the clip, but... uh, Interesting, uh, you know, method here that they went that with all the handheld at ringside. So perhaps this was not a uh, TV match, uh, but they would, you know, send cameras to, uh, you know, if it was something significant that they were going to be having a, you know, belt turn or something like that. But I kind of like it. It's, uh, I mean, especially for back then, them doing this. Pretty damn dark. And some, some good pops there. Like it. And it. So that was a quite a pairing, uh, Adrian Adonis and and uh, Dick Murdoch. As we get to see what happens here at the end of this matchup. Let me go. This is, uh, I guess, exclusive video of you getting to see this uh, on the show. And they're going to show you pretty much this whole thing. And Vince must have gone back and, and uh, you know, did play-by-play with this. So I guess this would have been considered uh, a dark match for a, a title here. And this is them capturing the uh, WWF Tag Team Championship in Hartford. See, look, at he does look like Joaquin Phoenix, doesn't he? Or is it just me? As the adoring girls look on. <laughs> Some months to come. And it's it's great to see, isn't it? These guys uh, pretty much early on with the WWF and, and Barry Windham and, and uh, Mike Rotundo, of course, who would become eventually IRS, Erwin R. Scheister, but it is a very young Mike Rotundo. Well, 
and and you can see, I mean, how how he came along is uh, in in the coming years there. But uh, I, I love watching these guys when they're in there. You know, they're just getting started. As the adoring girls look on, <laughs> but we've got more U.S. Express. We're not done yet. And still to come is dinner with Hillbilly and Granny. You don't want to miss that either. And I wish I could recall how long they held on to these belts, but at the moment I can't. Yeah. So there, you know, Abando's cutting a promo, putting over his tag team. And of course, oh, it was Albana who did this, who pulled off this another strategic victory for another tag team championship. Uh, yeah, and, and you almost believe him when he's telling you all this stuff, don't you? Yeah, there you go. It's like, we're going to retire these belts to a museum or maybe our homes. I don't know. We haven't decided. (laughs) Yeah, because do what the ladies didn't do. Oh, my God. There it goes. Your turn. You can scream now. I don't think he's going to get that off. He's going to have to take off the jacket. There we go. Fight over it, ladies. Yeah. There you go. That's uh, great for... Vince loved it. Okay, now now they want the other t-shirt. Okay. They just could. They held off as long as they possibly could. All right. They finally got the t-shirt. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mayhem, it's crazy. Oh, don't forget the belts there, Lou. All right, it's not over yet. Hang with us. We've got to go to Granny's Kitchen. We haven't had the meal yet. <laughs> All right, this is it, I promise. This is the last segment. Ain't that purdy. Uh-oh. He's not being a gentleman at the table. There's only one person that Jim fears, and that's Granny. Well, that's great how uh, Alfred and uh, his lordship got all the way from the TV studio to Granny's kitchen. Wherever that might be. Oh. Alfred looking for something a little stronger. Hmm. What could that possibly be? Oh, okay. Wonder what's in there. 
Alfred would like it have it a more civilized way in a glass. Okay. Give it a shot there, your lordship. Careful. Everybody's going to have that uh, vitamin D cocktail. Who didn't see that coming? Not built for moonshine, apparently. I have a buzzard egg. That'll wash it down. A little stiff there. <laughs> well, folks, we have to suffer through about eight more minutes of this, so hold, uh, so hang in there. <laughs> I got collard greens, of course, got to have that. There we go. You knew those were coming. Fat back. Yeah, that's that's how he got as big as he is. Pickled buzzard eggs. Oh yeah, that's what he already said. Alfred can't even talk still at this point. Got to try some more of that uh, moonshine there, Alfred. They got some ham on that table. That's uh, not that unusual. Uh. Oh, we got some of that uh, that chicken that got plucked uh, at the beginning of the show. Oh my goodness. Yep, we're going to see the whole damn meal, apparently. They just keep passing food around. (laughs) That is a full training table. Got your chicken, you got your moonshine. What more could you want? Okay, we're not done yet. We got to be introduced to the big Swede. Remember him? All right. Oh, look, we have a guest. And he came out of nowhere. Hmm. So, guy knows his way around the kitchen, or at least at the table. Oh, he's going to, let's see if the Swedes got what it takes to handle the moonshine. All righty. Some of that apple cider. I mean, moonshine. Wink, wink. (laughs) Granny Kim. All right. A little high test. That's. Oh. Oh, all right. 
Okay, well, uh, Alfred's going to uh, give him the size drink that he thinks he deserves. And uh, the, the feast goes on here. And let's see if the Swede is uh, man enough to handle this. What do you think is going to happen here? Because Alfred couldn't even take a sip. All right. White wine. Mmm. Smells good. Ooh, that's good stuff. Takes that ice water down like it's nothing. Ah, yeah, he likes that. Alfred sells it just right, huh? Mm-hmm. Huh. All right, we're going to get to find out what uh, Sweet Hansen can do in the ring. Uh-oh. It doesn't start out too well in this uh, videotape. Yeah. That's Jones, man. They had him uh, busy putting people over. And uh, that was, uh, I think that was gravity that uh, took care of that one. Yeah, SD Jones, they had him doing a lot of a lot of jobs, I mean, uh, at that point in time. And then he would uh he would get some some uh you know, some a little push along the way. But man, he ended up doing a lot of these. I mean that's that's not showing off a whole lot of what Swede can do in the ring. I mean, basically falling on a man. I don't know about that clip. Oh. And that's how you stretch out a moonshine joke for about 10 minutes. Yeah. Vince never liked to just wrap up a show. They always had to do like two or three endings. That's the way it always was. I don't know. Maybe it was just to get get spots in there, I guess. Oh, my God. The meal goes on. What is this, about like six hours? That's right. How do you think he got so big, as we've said 17 times already? <laughs> I think Swede's really enjoying his meal. Now, it's an interesting point in these notes, and I should uh, mention uh, this, I believe, when he talks about having David Schultz on, was, I think, after the incident with uh, with 
with Stossel on uh, at one of the arenas where he boxed his ears and uh, gave him a damaged his eardrums, and that resulted in a in a big lawsuit. And uh, you know, it, it was one of those things like any publicity is good publicity. I don't know about that one. I don't know. But anyway, there you have it. As we got through another one of these, we may have to. I, I may have to put off uh, TNTs for a little bit and uh, come back. It's all, It's just uh, too much. Assistant director Kevin D. Dunn. How far he has come. Oh, I miss your lordship. What a great guy. And you know, that really did look like uh, a hillbilly kitchen though, didn't it? Right down to the wallpaper. Titan Sports production. Woo, okay, wow. Okay, we did it. We got through it. I don't know. Maybe this time uh, so bad was bad. I don't know. But uh, that's kind of up for you to decide. But, you know, they they did a lot of different things back then. Uh, it, it's amazing to think about how, how far those the, the production has come since then and, uh, you know, what they're able to do. But I have to admire Vince for the innovativeness of, of the of the programming at the time. You know, it's stuff that people really hadn't seen before. And uh, it was a great way to show off the talent, put them in different situations where they could have a conversation and you could learn a bit more about them or push storylines. And they did that very effectively. So, uh, you know, there you go. Another episode, that uh, episode of uh, Tuesday Night Titans, February 22nd, 1985. And, of course, we got our notes here. I want to be sure and give credit to where it's due, uh, F4 uh wonline.com f4wonline of course wrestling observer and uh you know uh, there's there's a lot of uh, uh different uh, notes they have in here on the show that uh, i really i i you know a lot of it i i just don't remember and so it's great to be able to uh, you know look at these and i this was way before my time at least a couple of years anyway but uh that show was not around when i arrived in the wwf and then, of course, they'd already made that move to Stanford by the time I got up there. So uh, this is uh, all vintage stuff from the days in Baltimore when um, they uh, you know, did all the production down there. And that is the connection how Kevin Dunn uh, came to the WWF. His father was involved in uh, putting together a wrestling program down there. And uh, Kevin, a very, very talented uh, kid even then, uh, and Vince saw the talent in him, and, and he made the move up to Stanford and quickly moved up the ranks. I mean, by the time I got there, he was already producing uh, the programming, and he was, you know, very confident in what he was doing even then and, and, and very uh, and very creative. So uh, the fact that uh, he's reached the heights that he has with the WWE really comes as no surprise because uh, uh, besides being a, a very talented you know, television production person. He also uh, was very became very uh, very adept at uh, handling all of the uh, the workings that go on behind the scenes. With you know, there's a lot to uh, negotiate with uh, management and uh, all those people that are involved in it, and people that Vince would bring on, and then they you know from outside uh, from the outside world. And you know, Kevin has uh, you know 
been through it all. And, uh, and I think his greatest gift is that he knows how to be around Vince. I mean, it's as simple as that. And he has for decades. So, uh, it's, I, it's fun to watch these old shows and then seeing the credits, you know, Kerwin Silphys, who's the great director with the WWE and still with them to this day, they all got their start, uh, down there and, and made the move. And man, I, I'm sure they had no idea what, uh, it would become, but they were believers and, uh, and it has absolutely paid off in a number of ways for them. But uh, just, uh, yeah, it's fun to watch that stuff. Tuesday Night Titans, February 22nd, 1985. And uh, folks, uh, I'm glad that you've uh, uh, stayed with me on this, watching this episode. And I just uh, uh, want to thank you for that. A lot happening with uh, Primetime with Sean Mooney. You know that uh, I've... Uh, Hooked up with the uh, NWA and uh, NWA Power and all that all that uh, Billy Corgan and Dave Magana have got going on and uh, just just a lot happening and um, when you see this uh, it is now uh, this thing's going to drop today uh, Monday February seventeenth and uh, the tomorrow uh, Tuesday is uh, when the debut of the Circle Squared is going to be out the brand new episode and it's a new program that uh, Billy Corgan and Dave Lagana have put together and it's uh it's a, a show that gives a lot of the independent talent out there an opportunity to compete for a a contract with the NWA and what they do is they did originally there is they had a you know an appeal for people they could put in videotapes and cut promos and then they selected them and they all they have a, a group that they are all competing and I'm hosting the program, which I'm really, really uh, excited about. But what's really awesome about this show is that uh, you, you know, like the fans are the ones that are going to decide how far these guys get and, and uh, you know, who stays and who goes. And they're doing some fun stuff because it's all interactive. And, uh, you know, where they've got uh, people that do watch-alongs and they include that in the program and these things pop up and these people give their takes and that could be you. You can be a part of it. And uh, the way you can find out a lot more about it, just go to nationalwrestlingalliance.com and get all the details. But don't miss the first episode, which is uh, going to be released on YouTube uh, in the slot where NWA Power usually is. It's uh, 6.05 p.m. on YouTube. And check out the first episode. I'd love to get your feedback on it, too. Please uh, email me at primetimemooney at gmail.com. And uh, be sure and tune in to our uh, original episode we got coming up this week with uh, another NWA uh, star. Thunder Rosa joins us on Wednesday. And uh, really uh, had a great conversation with her. Um, Melissa Cervantes is uh, really quite an accomplished professional wrestler, but also uh, she's now stepped into the, uh, the ring of the uh, MMA uh, out there and has had her first MMA professional fight. I mean, she is uh, she is tough, but uh, just a really really nice person. And uh, now the NWA uh, World's Women uh, uh, Women's World Champion, and so a lot going on with her. But she has got a great story. I mean, she uh, worked her ass off to get to where she is and uh, paid her dues. And you want to hear a lot more about uh, her career and and about her life? Uh, be sure and uh, catch that episode. It drops on Wednesday morning. At 6 a.m. Eastern Time. And then, of course, we've got our Vault episodes on Saturday. So 
uh, a lot of content coming your way. And I hope you're going to continue to uh, go along with me on this journey. It's uh, getting more and more exciting, more stuff happening. And I'll be uh, telling you more and more every week. I love uh, bringing the guys from the NWA on. They've got uh, a lot of them. Uh, have come from, uh, you know, different outfits. They've worked for everybody. You know, a lot of them have worked for the WWE and they all have great stories to tell. And it's really awesome to see them uh, with this new organization and uh, the reaction they're getting with fans. So uh, we're going to have a a number of them on primetime. And I hope that you're going to catch those episodes. Also, um, remember, you can uh, get the uh, get prime time with Sean Mooney every uh, every episode early and ad free. All you have to do is go to our, our become a Patreon member, and uh, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash prime time Mooney. That's patreon.com slash prime time Mooney, and for as little as four ninety nine a month, you get uh, all of our episodes early and ad free. Alrighty. Okay, I think that's going to do it. Uh, once again, thanks for joining me for this uh, Network Classic uh, watch along, the PTSM Network Classic. And we have one every uh, Monday that drops. Uh, who will we have next week? What, what program will we have on uh, next week? Uh, we shall see. I, I don't think it'll be a Tuesday Night Titans. I need a little break from TNT, but uh, we will have something that will in- entertain us all. <laughs> I'm sure of it. All right. In the meantime, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Sean Mooney, and I am out. Mm-hmm.